I think like you had to sound like you knew what you were talking about because people already assumed that you didn't because you weren't like that academic character that they were expecting. Um, and so, you know, I was obsessed with Stanley Kubrick and like that sort of, which, you know, the worst like classics <laughs> student trope. That's so embarrassing to admit um, to the point that like, oh, I, I remember it. dragging my mom to like the Stanley Kubrick exhibit at Tiff Bell Lightbox, which the poor thing, I remember telling her, sorry, I'm like going way off on a tangent here. Oh. Um, I remember telling her that Clockwork Orange was my favorite movie. And then we saw the exhibit and it was just wall to wall sex. And my poor Sri Lankan immigrant mother was standing next to me looking at like the statue of a penis and like <laughs> just artist renderings of like every sexual scene in the movie with like clips playing on the walls. And she said, she was silent. And that silence spoke volumes. To oh the station never brought it up. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I was like Just... 14. <laughs> so... oh, oh my god. That's amazing. Welcome to I Went to Film School, the podcast about film school and life after film school. I'm joined by my co-host, Moss. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Zach. How are you this fine, fine day? I'm pretty, I'm great, Moss. Um, my COVID <laughs> symptoms are gone. I don't think I actually have COVID anymore. Well, that, uh, by the way, I had COVID. That, okay, newsflash, but also like, I am very relieved to know that you uh, you aren't experiencing symptoms. That's really good. It was pretty mild. We had symptoms at the beginning, and then they they but they subsided after a couple of days. But like when we isolated and we were well behaved, <laughs> didn't go kissing strangers in the subway. So <laughs> oh, I know that you love doing that too. That must have yeah, been exactly. Hard. That's originally what this podcast was going to be about. But then you brought up the film school thing, and I'm like, you know what? That's probably a better idea. <laughs> I went to the TTC. <laughs> is the uh... Is the old. I, we, what if we kissed on the subway? It was. What, the what if we kissed online too? <laughs> Sorry, we, it's my own stupid joke, but I'm pretty. It's great. What if we kissed material. in front of the gateway at Warden Station? <laughs> <laughs> what if we kissed as we walked through the presto doors? <laughs> it's great. We keep this going. We got this. Is like a bit we should work on, but <laughs> no, um, it isn't. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> um but in better news uh we have a really great guest on the podcast today moss that, that uh, we do sarni yeah her name is sarni um we i met sarni through uh a writing group we're a part of uh that i started with brayden actually who has been on the podcast a few times and sarni is she's really funny she's a great writer she uh she also so she was partly in cms and like the cinema media studies course at uh, new york yeah, Sorry, yes, yeah, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> and but then she but since she jumped off that sinking ship. No, I'm just kidding, Moss. Um, and she jumped onto another sinking ship, uh, which was the writing <laughs> course, the screenwriting program, which I'm also just kidding. Um, I apologize. Every time I hear cinema and media studies, I feel like I'm someone who lives in Brooklyn who just heard Brooklyn reference. I just have to be like, yo, let's go, represent God. CMS. So you should so you should say it with that voice from from now on. <laughs> Every like time fraternity you're a part of. Yeah, I'm like a I'm like one of those just bleed guys at a UFC show, just screaming at the top of his lungs. I love it. Okay. Um, so uh in this interview, we talk a lot with Sarni about like what she learned through the screenwriting course, what she learned. She learned a lot about what she does and doesn't like to write. But uh we want to emphasize that her focus right now is more on like TV and comedy writing. And as well as that, she's a she's a failed gifted student that has turned to screenwriting. Which is like one of the best origin stories, in my opinion, right, Moss? Oh yeah, yeah. I love, I love the term "a failed gifted student." It's like, yeah. Which, to be clear, these are her words. We're not. This isn't yeah. us. Like, no, yeah, yeah. Her. We're <laughs> like, it's it, and and it's and it's a good narrative. Like, it's an underdog story. It's 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 good stuff. Anyway, yeah. But without further ado, uh, well, first, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, like at all, which I I'll be thanking you towards the end as well. But just to begin with, thank you because I've been bugging you for like a, a couple weeks now to come on. So I appreciate yeah, I'm this. I'm excited. I've been wanting to. 
All right. So, Sarni, I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you went, so you went to York University in the screenwriting program as well, correct? Yes. Okay, perfect. So can you start off by just telling me what made you want to go to York at all for screenwriting? Like, did you want it? Was it like your first choice or was it like a backup plan or? Um, so I actually didn't go to York for screenwriting in my first year. I actually went for media studies. That was primarily because high school, I mean, I went to high school is like its own <laughs> podcast. And that was such a nightmare experience that by the end of it, I didn't even know where I was going to go. and. By the time I decided I wanted to go to York for screenwriting, it was like well past the deadline. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I already gone to media studies. Let me go there and then try to like hop over at some point, which actually worked out. Not easily, but whatever. Um, but was it my first choice? Maybe not. I think I wanted to go to Vancouver Film School, my first mm. choice, but um, money. So I did not do that. Fair enough. Um, well, yeah, living in Vancouver like is super cheap, right? So, oh yeah, very affordable. yeah, 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 so cheap, so cheap. But that's cool because you're uh, so that means you're another uh, you're another media studies uh, another media studies person too. Have there been more? Yeah, well, it's just me for the most part, but oh. <laughs> but we represent. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I represent for two years. I represent. You were in the cinema media studies program at York, not screenwriting, or yeah. Yeah, yeah. Originally I was, and I swapped in in third year. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Perfect. Uh, all right. Um, so how did you, when you swapped into screenwriting, like, how did you find it? Was it a, did you like enjoy the program when you first entered or? Oh yeah. I liked it so much better. I mean, I think I sort of knew even prior to that, that I wanted to be a screenwriter, but I don't, I don't, I guess I just didn't, I it was such a fever dream. I don't know why I didn't do it, but but I but once I like got into screenwriting and started being around other screenwriters, like everything sort of clicked in a way that was very nice. Yeah, I can feel I I'm in a complete agreement with you there. And funnily enough, that's like partly how we met was uh through a writing group that we started with mm. a mutual friend, Brayden, who's also been a guest on the podcast. Yeah, lovely. So could you tell me what was what was the process of applying like from going from CMS to screenwriting? Like what was the application process? What did you have to go through? Oh my God, it was hell. It was hell. Okay. <laughs> Talk about a memorable moment at York University. Okay, here's the thing. It's not, it's it was definitely impacted by the strike. I don't know if you guys were there during, actually, I'm sure you were there at some point during a strike. But yeah, we, the, I, strikes actually, just sorry, just to interrupt for a second, mm -hmm. like two strikes bookended our degrees. Oh. So we had I'm, a strike in our first oh, year sorry. and in our, in our final year, there was a huge strike as well. Yeah, that sounds about York. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. Um, so there was a strike, I think it was second year for me. So, um, End of second year is when I applied to transfer over. And during the strike, I was still going in for, to like talk to Maureen, who was my prof at the time. And she was pretty helpful with this, but I did the whole application process. You have to like submit a package. And honestly, basically like you were just applying for the program originally. Right. But, um, so I did the whole process and then I heard nothing back. Like, for months, I heard nothing back. And then I was like checking updates. Nobody was emailing me. Nobody was telling me anything. So I said, screw it. And I went to York, which by the way, I did not live there. I had to commute and go bus every time I did this. So I just went to York. I spoke to the film, whoever, and nobody could give me answers. So I eventually, I started going like every two days to York just to talk to people about it. Um, and eventually what I found out, and I hope this makes you as angry as it made me, what I found out is that because of the strike, even though I had submitted everything on time, I like my transcript was amazing at that point. I think I didn't have like less than a B plus on anything. Um, because of the strike, they had so many applicants that at one point they just stopped reading submissions. And that's wow. why I was, and nobody would tell me anything. Nobody said anything. They just said, oh yeah, we just stopped reading them. And so yours just never got read. And so. Can I, I ask like, who told you this? 
Oh, I wish I knew who it was. I think she was like the, she's in the same building, like where all the film stuff, you know, where like the upper year courses. Yeah. She's in the same building. I think she was like the undergraduate um, advisor for the film program. That could have been um, Yukari, maybe. It wasn't, it wasn't, no, it wasn't. Cause she, she directed me to this other lady that helped oh, me out. Okay. Um, and so I think I went home and I was so upset. And then I, the next day I was like, what am I doing? And I came back and I was like, no, 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 you're going to take a look at my submission. And I sat there and I was like, can you send it to someone right now? Like, this is actually insane that this is happening. And so they sent it to someone and whoever they sent it to, it must've been like Amnon or Howie or one of the high up film people. They didn't even read my submission. They let me in based off of my transcript alone, just because I was being such a pushy little twerp about it. How, nice, how do you, did they, did, I mean, yes, congrats regardless, but did they, how, did they just tell you they didn't read it or like? No, she, she told me, she said that like, because of the strike, like they just had too many people and they didn't have enough. Like they didn't, I guess they didn't have enough people reading that they normally have. And so whoever but did they, was but did they tell you, they just let you in based off your transcript and not reading it. Yeah. Because she, she sent the email and I'm pretty sure like within the, the time I was in her office, whoever she sent it to had approved me based off the transcript. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Whatever. <laughs> I'm no. just, I'm sorry. I'm just so. <laughs> like first off, like there's so much to digest with this story because like I, one would think that when you're applying for like a creative writing, like anything, not just screenwriting, but just you know, like you'd you'd read what was written for the creative think, writing, right? Right? Like, <laughs> well, because yeah. also every time, so like every, <clears throat> I used to talk to Howie a lot, and like bless his soul, like I would always talk to Howie like when I was like a, a student there, and he would always talk about the fact that like there were always people who wanted to like who wanted to switch into screenwriting and how he was always making it like he just told me he was like i'm gonna make it like, i'm making it difficult because it's a small program and everyone wants to switch in now and nobody took it seriously but now people want to switch in and this and that so we go on about how difficult you would make it but like putting that aside like i'm i'm, I'm happy you got in sorry i'm not like this sounds like i'm begrudging you exactly as if it wasn't difficult yeah but like also that's just the most york university thing that they got so many that because of their own because of their own debauchery and like this horrible strike they got more applications they anticipated and then at one point they were just like screw it we'll just just like make a pile over there we're not looking at those ones like that's jesus christ and and the fact that they were just fine with admitting that to you as well you think they'd want to like maybe like bullshit that they were still going through stuff or like maybe like you know don't show the man behind the curtain but they were just very frank with you as well yeah i mean I guess it's good to like get used to rejection early and stupid logistical decisions. That's fair. Can you tell me what was, so what was in your writing package? Oh God. Um, I'm not even sure. I remember probably some poetry. Um, definitely a short, maybe some creative writing. I don't think they asked for that much. Cause I remember with my application and I might, my memory is that kind of foggy because it's been a while, but I think for me, they were just like just 10 pages of writing. It can be anything. Yeah. Like it can be like a, it can be a few things in this 10 pages. It can just be one thing that's 10 pages. Like we don't care, but like we're not reading more than 10 pages. Yeah. Was that yeah, what it was I for think, you? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Okay. Okay. Fair not enough. Not that it mattered, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I just quickly say like, yes. The I, I've heard horror stories about the transition from media studies into one of the production fields. Mm-hmm. But this might be the new one. This might <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. This might like I because uh my buddy Peter did uh he transferred in from CMS to production and he had his own horror story, but yours tops it. Like not even reading shame. Yeah, like I mean I get the strike delayed a lot of things. Like again, like we we were there for two record breaking on like Ontario record breaking <laughs> strikes, but still, like to not read your st- I'm still just reeling from that. But sorry, go on, Zach. What yeah. were you saying? Uh, I was, I'm kind of I'm kind of still in that too. I'm like trying to get like the whole the whole episode can't be about that. So I'm trying right, to get right, 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 right. It's right, okay. Right. You okay. know what's so funny? I actually um met 
I don't know if you guys have met Bhavna, but she's a she was a production student and then transferred into screenwriting as well. And I met her right before this process. And she told me she was transferring in and I never saw her again until the next year. But the entire time I was doing this, I was like, girl, I hope I see you on the other side. Like, I don't know what you're going through <laughs> while I'm doing this. It felt like such a like weight off my shoulders that she made it in as well. I was like, oh. Would have been crushed to know that they didn't read someone else's work. Yeah, God. Yeah, that's good. At least you. At least they're. That's that is actually kind of heartwarming at the end of all that. Some troopers Um, made it. They made it, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so my next question. um, So you joined at third. So you joined like the screening program in the third year, correct? Yeah. So you were in like feature screening one, TV writing one, and all that. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like you had like? missed anything by not like being there for like the first and second year or um no I don't think so oh the one course that I did miss that I never ended up being able to take because of COVID was um the one where you actually like made a silent short that was a production course I think in first year okay so that's the only thing that I feel like I missed which is unfortunate because I don't have any produced work from York um but besides that like when I I knew first year that I wanted to transfer in so I just looked up all of the screenwriting credits and electives and made sure I was only taking those even if they didn't match my media studies major um and then I think I convinced someone to let me into the screenwriting only second year course while I was in really yeah if that was screenwriters only yeah, in second year, because in first year, I remember it was pretty, it was just everybody. I think even I think it was even CMS students as well. Moss, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, first year, yeah, everyone. Yeah, first them. year it was everybody. Only in second year did they actually have screenwriters like in their own class. That's yeah. good. You convinced someone to let you in there because I remember I would just as a quick side note. Um, when I was in screenwriting and like going into second year, I remember I was emailing production profs asking if I could be in their production classes because I wanted to actually learn how to like, you know, make movies at film school, believe it or not. And ever, I would always send like these nicely worded emails and whatnot. And I always get back just like no sent from my iPhone or something like that. Aww. Yeah. That's, that's good. Fun. You, was it a, was it, what, was it a huge process to get to let you into the second year of course? No, I think they said they let five either CMS or production students into those courses every year. Okay. So yeah, I think I was the fifth one. All right, fair enough. Okay, so who who taught your the screen the, the feature writing course when you entered in third year? Was it Howie? Oh my God. Um, no, I, I've never met Howie actually. Um, but we had Marie. I don't remember if that was second or third year. And then she left, and then we had Maureen, and then we had Amnon, and then he left, and we had Maureen again. Oh wow, you're like a ro- like a rotating door, huh? Yep, every year. Um, so I'm going to say it was Maureen because it really feels like it was her for all, all the years, but I think we had Amnon for a while. Yeah. I always forget my year just happened to be the year that like, it was like, it was rare that we didn't have a screenwriting course taught by Howie because he taught us because he wasn't supposed to teach a second year course, but he wound up having to teach it last minute. And then he, and then of course, like as he usually does, he taught our third year course and there was so much, now it's not his fault, but like, there was so much like, uh, just like crossover between the courses like a lot of lessons we had in third year we'd already had in second year um mm-hmm. but that, that i don't blame him because he had to teach this he had to teach a second one second year one like very last minute and there were a lot of like there was a lot of overlap with the curriculum in general um but okay so my next question for you though would be um was there any like bit really valuable lesson that you took away from the screenwriting courses and, like, in, the, in the screenwriting program at york oh yeah for sure um i think getting a clear understanding of what you like to write based off of writing so many things that you hated was very helpful. Um, particularly like format, we had to spend so much time writing a feature and it made me realize I hate writing features and I have no interest in that. Really? Yeah. So that was a good thing to learn. And I also learned, I love writing for TV and that's what I want to do. Um, I kind of I mean, wish we smart. had more genre stuff. Yeah, I kind of wish we had more genre stuff, though, because I, I did try to branch out. Like, I wrote my feature was like sort of sci-fi drama, and then comedy stuff for 
my TV projects. I kind of wish they forced us to do more of that. Um, yeah, you know, going off that, I remember when I entered the screen, like the screenwriting program in like 2014 and 2015, um, I was always told that like literally like a year or two before I came into the program, how he taught a genre writing course all about writing different genres. And like he'd have lessons, every lesson was about a different genre, but he wound up focusing mostly on horror. And like there was like an intense like watch list of horror movies they went through. They watched Antichrist in class and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, he made them watch Antichrist. That's like, a rough one. Yeah, that's a rough one. I think I, I don't think I don't think I've gone to that that particular lesson. I don't think I want to watch Antichrist. Like I'm good. Um, uh, sorry, uh, but yeah, and I always heard about this stuff where they experimented with genre writing courses, and then they just went away. And I was always like, why? Why not make that a permanent thing? Like there were hardly yeah. any screenwriting courses to begin with. Like a genre, people would love a genre writing course. Like production students would be like banging down the door to get in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know there was also Murray told us there was also a course on editing alone, which I think would have been amazing. Apparently, they cut it just for like cost reasons, but like there were so few screenwriting courses. We really needed stuff like that. Oh, the story editing course. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think that's yeah. Cool. I heard about that as well when I worked. I worked at a production company that made Hallmark Christmas movies, and one of the one of the older staff members was in screenwriting a couple of years before I was, and she was in that course, and she said it was like really helpful. Uh, great, <laughs> Love I know. That. Sorry, <laughs> no, no, it's okay. <laughs> she said it was horrible. She hated it. Oh really? No, no, I'm kidding. Um, sorry, no, I, never mind. Oh sorry. Oh sorry. I thought. Okay, never mind. I'm sorry. So, sorry. Someone else said that. Sorry. Can I ask um, what? I'm sure you're going to explain on it anyway, but like what drew you towards TV writing over feature script writing? Um, I love like developing characters. I think that's always like the most fun part of writing. Um, I'm not like plot is I think where I have to put in extra work because I know I'm not naturally very good at it. Um, And for movies, it's like, it's, it's too much time for me to come up with a plot (laughs) that sustains that long but it's also not enough time for me to feel like i can develop these characters like i'd rather a way longer form for longer arcs that makes sense fair yeah that makes sense like it's funny that like because i've had zach and a few other screenwriting friends for so long who like have shown me feature screenplays and stuff so it seems like oh man you get so much you get like you know potentially hundreds of pages to to write stuff but if you think about it i i I, like it makes sense right like you get like maybe a few like 25 page script uh scripts it's like you can condense your stuff more give your time uh give yourself time to develop characters i never really thought of it that way though like preferring one or the other yeah yeah it's so much fun to like write a character arc that spans an entire season versus i'm like how do i do that in a movie or you yeah. know, I guess you can if you're talented, but it's just not it's not, not the format I like to work in. Plus it's smart because there is no feature film industry like in Canada. So I mean there, but there is yeah. a bigger TV industry, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Did you find when you were there there was like a resistance to genre with like your with the props at York that you dealt with? Um I I think if you went like really in with your genre. Yeah, I think there was. I think even more so though, probably on the production side in screenwriting. Yeah. I think they sort of allowed us to do what we wanted because it wasn't going to get made anyway. Um, <laughs> but but like for me, I feel like there was a lot of encouragement to try more outlandish things. Like the sci-fi script I wrote, which now I know I don't like sci-fi, but um, the sci-fi script I wrote Amnon was obsessed with it. Like he just wanted me to write that and nothing else. Really? Um, yeah. Whereas now it, I way prefer writing like people in rooms talking. Very. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that, that it, it is a shame that, I mean, you're right. I think they were more uh, receptive to genre stuff in screenwriting. It's a shame they weren't, they weren't as receptive with production. To, to me, it's kind of wild that like, I mean, sorry, just to just to bring it back to media studies real quick. We don't even have a genre studies course at York. Like we had like the horror, we had one horror media studies class. Like, all right, so you don't have a genre writing class. You don't have a genre studies class and you don't have a genre. Like, sure, they might have, you said that they were receptive to some genre stuff, which is cool. And actually, Sarni, I want to hear about that sci-fi script. I know you said that you don't yes. like sci-fi. But 
if Amnon was encouraging it, I kind of, I'm curious, but, mm-hmm. but it's crazy. It's like, yeah, like, you know, oh yeah, genre, like we like it here, but we also don't like it. Like we don't, don't study it. Don't do anything with it, but like, we don't produce anything, but you know, if you mm-hmm. write a script, maybe we'll like it now. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It must've been really hard if you were in production and had like a great idea for a genre script and it was just getting turned down for no reason. We saw that yeah, happen a lot. We yeah. saw that happen a lot. I'm sure we've had stories in the podcast of it a lot where production students were constantly just being kiboshed simply because they like their their short was a, a horror short or something like that. Do you remember Sam Hollings sci-fi script? It was like a comedy sci-fi and yeah. uh, everyone loved it. It got such great reception, but bang, nope, can't do it. Were there good reasons for that or just... Uh, you'd ha- I don't. I don't remember much of the specifics. Are you? No. Are you talking about the big second? <laughs> are you talking about the big second year pitch, Moss? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. So yeah, because I don't know if it is when you're in second year, but everyone had everyone like six screenwriting and six production students were allowed to pitch. Uh, we're each going to be like have six films greenlit from screenwriting and production for like ten minute shorts in second year, and our friend Sam Halling pitched uh, a sci-fi comedy short that like everybody fell in love with it this pitch festival but it wasn't greenlit and the profs never really told you why it wasn't greenlit uh that's heartbreaking yeah uh i have a feeling because they i have a feeling they just his his idea was ambitious i mean we won't go into it all now because he's not here but uh his idea was ambitious and i bet that i bet the profs just like latched onto that and were just convinced themselves it wouldn't be like able to be made which Mm -hmm. i don't think is true at all but yeah i don't know i think it's just because Maybe this is just the university that really loves like their kind of more drama, like kind of quote unquote, like safe academic content. Right. Like, mm. but still it's like, like, come on, like, don't you want to reward ambition in a creative production program? But I don't know, whatever. That's just me. I don't know. Like write the things they care about. Yeah, exactly. Especially like in Canada, like you look around at the famous directors and producers that have come into Canada and a lot of it is genre stuff. I mean, look at like, Look at Karen Walton with like uh, Ginger Snaps and David Cronenberg and Denis Villeneuve. Right. Uh, yeah, and Denis Villeneuve, like all of this stuff. It's like famous genre stuff. Canada has like an extremely famous like horror cinema scene, period. And yet they're always resistant to it. Yeah. And Anthony, as you said, like I didn't even realize that media studies didn't have a, a genre specific course. Like, what are you studying? Social practice, whatever that is. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> and well we did have the david cronenberg course but that was about it like we there was i think i think there there's a horror course that was kind of thrown around but like horror, like why not in second year i would have thought that there would be like a class called genre studies and you know like every week we'd go through like a genre or like a nuance to a genre or like a, i don't know but uh no we got um we we got like three years straight of silent film uh the, the, the soviet era like i like the soviet era silent films don't get me wrong but like three years of it i don't know yeah, yeah. i found all the cool cinema media studies courses were like tas and master students who were trying out new stuff like i don't know if you guys ever saw the comedy course that was offered like the comedy and american cinema course that was offered when i was in third year in like 2016 to yeah. 2017 that was a great course i took that that was fantastic as a okay. little side note but I do want to hear about the sci-fi script. Can you tell us a bit about it? Oh, God. Okay. So this was... Um, so basically, like, you had to pitch a, a script in second year. And then the prof, so Amnon, took, like, chose five scripts. And then everybody broke into groups. And whoever, like, wrote that script would lead it. And then we would develop it together in those groups. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so the script that I wrote was about, like two twins who could like swap bodies um and in the past like it's like something they'd always kept secret and then as adults like they don't really do it anymore but one of them their like lives have gone to shit and then one of them is like excelling amazing beautiful wife great job um and then when they swap the Oh my God, my explanation. I was not prepared to talk about this. <laughs> when they Sorry. swap, um, the guy with the great job like sees that his brother's in danger. And then when they swap back, he has to like go and find him. 
but the whole premise is like the brother's really just trying to destroy his life and take over the basically the future he felt like he should have had you see why i don't write sci-fi this is impossible enough just for me to explain let alone right i know it sounds good i really like that premise thank you (laughs) um i like um What's it called? It's kind of like I, I I really like the movie Freaky Friday. Every version. Of oh, it that's I been love produced. Freaky Friday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I like um, I would love. So like it's it's science fiction in the sense of it's kind of like that movie Brainstorm where it's like like when was it set? Was it set in like a present time or was that not a. Um, I think I I don't think it originally was set in present day, but I think by the end of it, I did set it in present day. OK, interesting. Yeah, but I guess it's sci-fi in the way that like Eternal Sunshine is sci-fi. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love that again. Eternal, Su- great reference. That's like that is yeah. my favorite kind of sci-fi. Mm-hmm. That's great fucking sci-fi. Yeah, like being John Malkovich level sci-fi. You know, just mm-hmm. like weird yeah. stuff. But that whole process of working on that was so impossible because our my group, bless them, I love that little group that we <laughs> that I got to work in, but we would have to discuss as a group, like develop the plot and then present our developments to the class the next week. And what ended up happening is that we would develop just logistical things. And then we would present it to the class and every single week, someone would be like, oh, but this doesn't make sense. And it would shatter everything we had developed and it was just that week after week whereas like this other group is like okay we're on act three and we're like we have not started the story yet <laughs> no it was, wow. it was for an entire year it was so horrible oh, and then i that's... had to write that in my last year <laughs> and that was your and that was the feature right in the end that was the feature yeah so what did it, can you tell me like more about amnon's reception too because you said he really loved it right yeah, he loved it. And no matter, um, I mean, granted, he picked that and then shortly left the program. So then I ended up working on it with Maureen most of the time. But yeah, he loved the idea. He was very excited for me to go through that, even though even though I had no sci-fi experience. That is nice that we encouraged you to do something you had like you didn't have a lot of experience with. That's yeah. like at least and also it's I know in the end you learned that you like didn't like to write sci-fi but that's like also an extremely valuable lesson to like take away especially from like a writing or a creative course like that oh for sure for sure i just wish that um like i think it it sort of should have been on their end to realize that this project wasn't going to be able to be developed at the same speed as everyone else's i think that's what was really frustrating because it's like if I'm developing this and you're developing like a family drama, you don't have to do all the world building stuff that I have to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that was where I was a little bit frustrated. And then once you're locked into it, you're just doing this for a year, knowing it's not going anywhere. Frustrating. That's fair. So did you find you enjoyed your TV writing courses more? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, actually the, the comedy, script that I wrote for that we had to break into like little groups we picked a show I don't know if you did this as well Zach um you had to like pick a show and then write a spec script for it and I wrote yeah I wrote an episode of Big Mouth for that and that is actually probably the best thing I wrote in my four years at York that's awesome and you can still use that now it's still on the air so that's like I know I know a viable sample But yeah, I was, which actually also taught me that um, I love writing dialogue and I'm pretty good at that. But I'm also, if I'm able to write dialogue for Big Mouth so comfortably, but I'm struggling with that in my own script, I probably just haven't developed my characters enough. That's a good insight. Yeah, that is a good insight. It's also like, I also can relate to that as like a terrifying screenwriting realization where you're like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that was actually another great thing that film school taught me is just stop being pretentious, get over it. You're actually not as good as you think you are. Um, and then once you get to that point, it's like, okay, I'm not good, but I can learn. And it's a yeah. way better mentality to have. Exactly. Uh, I completely, and I'm completely on board with you where like I, for a while, and part of me still thinks so that 
the spec I was in, in my third year for TV writing, we also had to write a spec and I wrote a spec of Broad City and I can't use that anymore but for the longest time. And sometimes I th- still think it was like one of the strongest things I ever wrote. Mm. See, I wonder what that is. I need to think more into it. Right. I mean, sometimes it's just because, I mean, like when you go to write a spec of another show, like to some extent, like, 70% of the work is done for you, right? Like you have yeah. super established characters, you have rules of a show you can follow. But like also, but for some people that still creates a challenge, like I don't know what it is, but I, I've written like one spec of another show since then. And like, I find it difficult to make myself to write, write specs on a show, which like mm-hmm. you, I should still do because it's a valuable exercise. And also I feel like, like it, now the world's changed a lot where that's not necessarily a sample someone will ask you for, but it still could be. And you still need to be able to exercise those muscles and like writing other people's characters and other people's things. Yeah, especially comedy, like matching someone's yeah. style. Have you tried out already any specs of other shows since then? Um, no, I haven't actually. But that's a really good I, I've definitely like done analyses of different comedy styles. Right. Um, but I have to be careful with that because when I'm writing comedy while I do that their style like bleeds into mine it's so bad i feel that Um, yeah but but yeah i definitely want to get back into that it's a good idea okay let me ask you is there a show that comes to mind like if like someone told you to go write a spec of a comedy right now is there a show that comes to mind Hmm. um okay maybe maybe because i just finished watching succession i would love trying like is that really comedy? It's debatable, but um oh, it's comedy, like dramedy. <laughs> but yeah, but um, I would love to write a succession episode. Yeah, um, that's a good pick because it's like a, a fucking hot topic right now. Like, oh, and it's so good. Um, just like a Tom or Greg centric episode would be amazing. Oh, it would be. But um, oh, but honestly, I you know talk, what? I just want to sp- go ahead. Sorry. No, no, it's, you, I'm going to change the topic. So go ahead. No, I was just going to say I just want to spin off of that show with Tom and Greg. <laughs> oh, I know. I love them. I love them so much. Um, um, can, sorry, sorry can, I, can I real quick just ask, because um, you, you wrote a spec script for Big Mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's interesting to me because that's like an animated show where you can basically do anything. Like you mm-hmm. can, you can draw anything versus writing a spec script of a show like Succession, which is very much, I mean, it's grounded in reality, but like, it's, it, you know, it's still a little silly, but still like, the differences between like what you would write as a joke in succession versus what you would write as a joke in big mouth can be very different. Like, how do you manage that, that kind of like approach? Mm, I mean, good question. I never thought about that. Um, I think even when I write for big mouth, everything is like grounded in a, a central theme that like I stick to with a vice grip. Like I think for my big mouth script, it was all about um, like, toxic masculinity and embracing femininity both for like the jesse and like missy learning about makeup and trying to decide if like that's it's a it's like for or against the patriarchy to like makeup and then um all of the guys thinking about like dressing and if it's okay to like care about what you look like so uh, even though it was a lot of the jokes were a little more outlandish rooting them in something like that made it a lot easier and i think for succession it it would be basically the same thing because succession is sort of like outlandish in a different way yes. yeah yeah no i completely agree that's a great answer I, I yeah i guess that makes a lot of sense you you do always have to like even if you're you're completely in the realm of like you know you're you're doing like cutaway gags of like completely you know obtuse you know visual juxtaposition like you know like a talking car or something pops up still you have to be grounded in reality like you said you have to have a core theme you have to have a message that you're basing your your script off of so that's a really good i never thought of that and big mouth is actually really fun because when i wrote it i think my idea going into it was like no idea is a bad idea write everything down it'll probably work nice which is great. You can't do that with succession. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my, yeah. <laughs> then I might get stripped away a bit. Yeah. Maybe so, a little bit. What were your, I remember Brayden told me, but what were, what were all the choices for TV shows you could spec in the spec writing course? Hmm. I think um, she gave us choices, but so that was Rebecca um, and she gave us choices, but we also were able to, pitch ideas and then if enough people liked them 
you just needed like enough people in a group that wanted to do the same thing. Um, the only ones I can, oh wait, there was, there was some show about raccoons. I don't know what that one was, but it was like a Canadian <laughs> show. But then there was Big Mouth, there was Kim's Convenience. I think, I'm pretty sure everybody went into one of those two groups. I don't think anybody did anything other. So there was a lot of Kim's Convenience specs written then? Yeah. yeah That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So you got to pick between those two just based off of how the groups worked out. I remember, I actually remember hearing Brayden tell me that Kim's Convenience was an option, but it's funny because uh, not not long before he told me that, and I'll keep this quick, I had met with like, I met with an agent just as like a, not as an actual like meeting, but just as like a meet and greet, like getting advice on career and stuff. And her biggest piece of advice to me was like, never spec anything that's Canadian because odds are, if you're going to show that as a sample to someone, there's like a really high chance that they've probably worked on that show. And they don't want to see a sample of something they've worked on because they already have that attitude of like, I know, like, I know what this is. Like, I know how to write a spec of this. Like, I don't want to see. Yeah, exactly. And they're going to be able to like pick out flaws that they wouldn't be able to in another show. Yeah. And I've always heard that like, you never show a spec. If you're a plot, like, let's say you had a chance, like get in the big, big mouth writer's room, you wouldn't show them a spec of big mouth. Yeah, no way. Yeah. Because you can't argue with them if if they're just like, um, this wouldn't happen. You can't be like, no, it would. (laughs) <laughs> convince them yeah exactly and like you're gonna say that to nick Kroll. yeah <laughs> uh yeah and also and, and like when she said that canadian tv writers thing to me it makes sense because also like that like while there is like a lot of canadian television being made and and even more now um it's still like a pretty small community like there's not like it's still a lot of overlap between the rooms like odds are if you did go right out of the kim's convenience script you probably wound up showing it to somebody who worked in that room mm-hmm yeah right um yeah big mouth was a good choice it still is a good choice did you see the latest season did you like the latest season of big mouth um what season is it season, season five or six? yeah i think it's five now isn't it are we already on season six of big mouth i'm actually gonna look it up now because it's gonna bug me i have no idea if i've seen it i cannot keep track of like oh i was on this season i think streaming really does that to you yeah i feel that especially like in in an animated show where between seasons, you don't see that much difference between characters. Like you don't see mm. actors aging and stuff like that. Right. Like yeah, it's just exactly. the same kind of rigs that they're using. Unless sometimes yeah. animated shows will do like time skips where they update character design stuff, but big mouth happens. Like they're the same character design. So it's hard to tell. Uh, it's season five. It was season five that just came out. I always think okay. I see those, uh, Sorry, I, I was. I see those uh, Valentine's Day special. Like they'll release one episode, so then I think that's a whole season or something. And oh, yeah, <laughs> that was a great. I love that Valentine's Day episode. Yeah, it was great. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I think I'm caught up with it. God, I needed to keep going so that the spec script is still valid. That's fair, <laughs> right? Like also, I love the, the thing. Show. <laughs> oh yeah, Sam. Like, that was the thing. I was so bummed when Broad City end because a I have a spec of it, but also like I love Broad City. Like, like if they mm-hmm. could, they could be in like their ninth season. I'd be. I'd still be watching. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love okay. that like shows like that are really respected. Whereas like I feel like I didn't okay, maybe this is you. Did you guys feel like you were very uppity entering film school about what you would deem good quality versus bad? I okay, I thought I was, and then I met people in film school and realized that. <laughs> my that, that that my standards were so much lower than everybody else's so okay, like i had like a culture fair. shock that's that was my so like i thought i was and then i met people in film school and like the movies they watched i was like oh i have no idea what snobby is forget okay, whatever yeah. i'm thinking okay. okay you know what that that is fair that is fair but um, i'm sorry keep sit, go with what you were saying though i'm sorry i didn't mean to like no no, no no now that you i'm actually so happy you said that that makes me feel so much better about myself that yeah there was definitely a line um but i just felt like going into film school maybe this maybe this is because i came from a very heavily academic like math and science high school um which is like the worst place to be if you're not good at math and science and want to make films and so I think like you had to sound like you knew what you were talking about because people already assumed that you didn't because you weren't like that academic character that they were expecting. Um, And so, you know, I was obsessed with 
Stanley Kubrick and like that sort of, which, you know, the worst like classics of <laughs> student trope. That's so embarrassing to admit. Um, to the point that like, oh, I, I remember it. dragging my mom to like the Stanley Kubrick exhibit at Tiff Bell Lightbox, which the poor thing, I remember telling her, sorry, I'm like going way off on a tangent here. Oh. Um, I remember telling her that Clockwork Orange was my favorite movie. And then we saw the exhibit and it was just wall to wall sex. And my poor Sri Lankan immigrant mother was standing next to me looking at like the statue of a penis and like <laughs> just artist renderings of like every sexual scene in the movie with like clips playing on the walls. And she said, she was silent. <laughs> that silence spoke volume. To oh the station, never brought it up. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I was like just... 14. <laughs> Oh, oh my god that's amazing yeah that was my favorite film at 14 <laughs> right. I, I was gonna say i thought the story was just gonna stop at you saying what your favorite that your favorite movie was clockwork orange but you know. <laughs> no. I, I was gonna say you were 14 i was gonna i i do that i go to the stanley kubrick exhibition now like I, yeah, I would do it now but like i i didn't have the hindsight to know that that's what it was gonna be like i also don't think i knew at 14 like how like I don't think it, it really clicked how sexual that movie was because I was 14 what did I know about sex beyond like fan fiction um so I just wasn't I wasn't expecting that interesting experience that that, yeah. that that is a really that is a really great story um <laughs> that's a fantastic story and yeah. I, I was also gonna say like uh don't don't feel bad about like liking Stanley, even though that's like the typical, I know you're going like the, the typical film bro, like I only watch David Fincher, Christopher Nolan, Stanley Kubrick, like <laughs> film bro type persona. But like, you know, honestly, of at least of all of the stereotypical directors, Kubrick at least is like still like, I, I still think like there's, there's like the movie circle jerk Kubrick crowd. <laughs> but they get the pass because 2001 is still a beaut like it's a it's still yeah. an amazing movie like you know so it's oh, like yeah. like i still definitely love his like a lot of his work but now i can be like okay but he was an ass and lolita was shit so like and i don't yes. feel bad <laughs> saying things like that and i can also say that like this and this is something that i don't think i was able to do then like social the social network is one of my favorite movies and i remember when it came out everybody i knew hated it they said it was so trash and I was sitting there being like, oh, what? I thought it was actually really good. But I just like kept that opinion to myself. So I was like, damn, if everybody else disagrees. Like now I'm thinking like I said that in a school full of like engineers. I don't know why I thought that <laughs> they would know better than me. But um, but yeah, it's like being able to form those opinions for yourself and being and not being shy about admitting things that you like that maybe are not very widely received as good like i love sharknado i will watch that movie anytime i'm upset <laughs> and, and like if i could go back and rewrite any show it would be the original gossip girl and like being able to like make those admissions is such a freeing feeling that i feel like you can only get once you pass through that barrier of like pretending to know what you're talking about that's a really good way to put it actually and like I think a lot of film students need to get that like tattooed on their back or something. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I like, I remember when I started at York, um, I tried to kind of resist a little bit because I really just wanted to, like, I also tried to originally go into production, but I only got into film studies and I wanted to like, I wanted to make the next die hard. Like that was my like feature film goal. Like I wanted to be an action film director. Um, but then midway through film school, I was the most pretentious student, arguably at the whole institution. So, um, I think so there was, was one like, person who might have beat you. That's a democratic debate. Um, but like, I swear, you know, like it was weird. Like I went through this like transformation of like, oh, now I can only watch uh, Tarkovsky. Like I can't watch like I, I can only watch Edward Yang films. I can't watch normal films and now i'm just in this like frankenstein's monster taste mode where like i can put on pretty little liars or vampire diaries and enjoy it just about as much as 
um, you know, Andre Rublev. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not like, you know, maybe I'm not saying like all the CW shows are as good as Persona, but you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say, right? Everything I has value. I did a value. Tarkovsky presentation in high school. So this is like hitting so close. Um, you knew who Tarkovsky was in high school? That's a big flex. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I had flex. to, I had to prove myself to the engineers. <laughs> But uh, Aaron, but so that's funny. like the best place to be when you can enjoy both of those and see merit in everything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's funny too yeah, that that's... film school doesn't really teach you that either, right? Like, especially an academic institution, they're not really concerned with like if they're showing pop if they're showing you popular media, the, it's like rigorous criticism of like you know the institutional failures of neoliberalism explored in the CW <laughs> show versus like. Um, if they show you something that's like, you know, part of the art cinema canon, they're just like, what? why aren't you talking about how like amazing and, and thoroughly rigorous this film is <laughs> like you, uh, your essay is about that. It's, it's, it's slow. I, I don't know. I don't understand this. What, what's wrong with it? It should be slower. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I still remember, um, I dated a guy at the time and, um, and I invited him to like one of the the like film 100 courses you know that big one which is like like 3,000 students yeah maybe like like film 1400 or like there you go that's the one and they and I brought him to a lecture and he's like oh this is gonna be so much fun and we were watching the um Andy Warhol like you know the when he like just filmed people standing there oh my god it was like half an hour (laughs) (laughs) I was like I sat next to him for half an hour I was like wow I'm getting broken up with after (laughs) but yeah yeah yeah, those are i could have done with less of that (laughs) film 1400 film 1400 is the lecture you go to where you could be watching ridley scott's alien or you're watching agnes bard as the gleaners and i and it's (laughs) you know it's a gamble in between yeah i remember (laughs) i remember when we watched the gleaners and i and um when the movie ended and they asked questions and this is i think you know pointing out talk about snobby like the people in class that like raise their hands and went so hard into what they thought like the wheat in the scene meant and the guy that was sitting next to me just leaned over and he's like i just thought she was like having a good time like i didn't know this movie was meant to be anything i I love that i love that i thought she was having a good time (laughs) oh i hope that guy's doing well (laughs) and and you know what that analysis has merit that mm-hmm. thesis makes sense. you if you remember the opening the gleaners and i where he where agnes is just dicking around in the editing room with she puts her face and clocks and stuff and moves it's yeah. that's having a good time like I, yeah. i'm just you know it's, and that that specifically he said that when the discussion was about like when she was like wiggling around the camera like lens cap and then people in the back were like it it symbolizes like, her desire to break free or something like that <laughs> I was like, listen, maybe she just she wanted to wiggle and it looked good. Yeah, it's what like about maybe, it? maybe they just kept it in. Maybe they just maybe. it was on the editing floor and they were like, should we cut it? We we can keep it. Like it's it's this great. costs a lot of money. This child, let's put it in. <laughs> that's that's so funny. I love. It. I haven't thought about the cleaners and I in a very long time. Okay, one last question I want to ask though is so. In your fourth year TV writing course, did you guys focus on writing original pilots? Yes. Yeah, we did. Okay. Can you tell us, of, like, how did you, like, A, like, how did you find that course? And can you tell us a bit about your original pilot? Um, I, I found the course fun. I think, well, I sounded really hesitant when I said that. Um, I, did, I did enjoy it. I think I enjoyed um, the feedback and working with other people and the deadlines. Oh my God, those are the three best things about film school. Um, but, but I think it, I didn't get as much direction as I think I would have wanted. And that was probably because I, I think that was like half a year course. I don't know if that was even a full year or at least- Wait, really? The, original, half the fourth year-, year- the fourth year TV writing. Maybe course I'm lying only... about that. Maybe I'm lying. Um, but I, we at least um, only spent half the year on that pilot, if I remember correctly. Yes, because I don't know if this is what happened with you, but with us, the first semester was all about writing our TV Bible and the second semester. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Um, and I think I would have appreciated having 
the whole year to start that, like doing the prep work in third year um, and then actually writing in fourth year, I think would have been way more helpful. Um, but but for the, the pilot that I wrote, Zach, you've actually uh, run this one. It was the, it was like about a, a group of millennial, um, millennials who like couldn't get a job, basically like failures in their own eyes, who oh, decide to form a group of criminals for hire because it's right. like the only job that pays well enough. Um, and so I sort of pitched it as like the plot of Breaking Bad with a cast of community. <laughs> that's great that's, that's a good yeah that's a good <laughs> yeah it was really fun um and i'm still working on that now but um yeah it was it was definitely a lot of fun especially because other people are good at the things you're bad at so whereas like i enjoyed writing banter and developing characters my plot was trash and other people were happy to point that out which was very useful information for me i love like constructive criticism so i didn't mind it at all but um but yeah in that sense like especially working with other people i really did enjoy that course i wish we had more stuff like that i find that's what i almost along with the deadlines what i miss most about uh, like the TV writing and the feature writing courses, like getting together with other writers on a regular basis and discussing your work. Yeah, absolutely. And like we we do that in writers groups and stuff, and it's nice. Yeah. But I think um, that combined with the deadlines is such a powerful combination. Right. So much work done. I completely agree. I mean, it, it makes sense, right? Like you want. Um, you don't just want like collaboration, you want like active collaboration and the mm -hmm. deadlines will always be pushing you to, to have something ready to show people. And mm -hmm. that, you know, and then everyone, everyone was meeting that deadline, hopefully at least, um, you know, you, you've just got content to work with. Cause like, I, <laughs> I can relate to at least a bit of like having a deadline, everyone bringing something, but I just didn't make the deadline. So I'm just like, yeah, I can talk about, we can look at your stuff. <laughs> but yeah. The classic. Oh, you go first. It's okay. <laughs> As I'm finishing right, yeah. my, like, yeah. on my laptop. <laughs> Just finishing. like waiting for the, the time to run out. <laughs> so you're like, oh, it's okay. Seem like you sacrificed yourself. Waiting yeah. till the last minute to read other people's stuff too. Which oh gosh, yeah. Do, you know what they say, do tomorrow, do it tomorrow. Like it's <laughs> exactly the way to do it. <laughs> Yeah, but also like because you were working in such small groups, everybody knew each other's work so well. You're meeting up so frequently, so I don't have to explain things. Like you already know this part of my story. Yeah, which is also like fairly useful as well, mm -hmm. obviously. All right, I think uh, that is where we're going to have to wrap it up. Uh, we're almost at time, but Sarni, I really want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. Seriously, this was like a great talk. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. This is this is a lot of fun. I hadn't thought about this in so long. So <laughs> very interesting. Right? Isn't it fun to like just go back and just digest everything you've done? Like, yeah, and you're like, geez, that actually sucked. <laughs> now that right? I think and about you... it. <laughs> I I swear, if like if anyone at your if anyone like of authority at York University ever listens to this podcast, like we might be sued. But like, it's worth. Oh my it. gosh, so, I know. I, I think about nothing. this all the time. <laughs> But um, yeah, thank you for coming on. Seriously, is there anything of yours you want to plug or promote? Um, no, no. I promote the podcast. It's lovely. I will definitely be thank you. more into it. Oh, thanks, Sarni. That, God bless. <laughs> but thank you guys for having me. This was honestly so fun. Thank you for coming out. No, we'll have you back sometime. Seriously. Ooh, yes, please. Yeah, we'll talk about more we've done since. I'm sorry we didn't. I'm sorry we didn't talk about like post film school life that much. We mostly just talked That's about okay. film school. We have time. Exactly. Right. We'll have you back. Seriously, we'll do a maybe we'll do a top ten with you or something. We could Ooh, do like a top ten yes. big mouth episodes, maybe or something. Ooh, that would be fun. Yes, top ten. We'll break down CW shows. Maybe. Oh, I'm oh, I'd so, be very down for that. I am. So, by the way, apparently CW is getting sold off or something. Crazy times. Really? Wow, yeah. Yeah. Did you hear? Apparently, the best it has thing been that happened to TV in a long time. <laughs> They they say it hasn't been profitable in like years. Hmm. Um. That's also because they keep it could be profitable. Sorry, I'll, I'll uh, very briefly. It could be profitable. They keep pumping too much money in, so it's not that they like. They're not. It's like they make a bit 
of profit and they're like, all right, next year, invest more, invest more. We got to make <laughs> And then it just like, yeah. How- what, yeah, and maybe know? like allow your shows to be good instead of like forcing them to have ridiculous <laughs> plot lines. We're going to get CW on the phone right now. Yeah, get them in the next well, podcast. We'll discuss it. Well, what I find funny is that like, yeah, because like they reveal, oh yeah, CW has been profiting profitable in years. I'm like, really? Because y'all have been churning stuff out on a regular fucking basis since like 2014. Yeah, this seems like a you problem. <laughs> yeah, and also... Going off what Moss said, every time I watch a CW show, I'm like, wow, that art budget must be in the fucking millions. Like, mm. that, like everything in this shot looks expensive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Think about the 100 or like the Vampire Diaries spinoff shows that just get higher and higher budgets. And you're thinking like, how are you guys going to sustain this? And it turns out they can't. So just like looking at the wardrobe of like, I hate to say it, but even just Riverdale, the wardrobe in Riverdale, Riverdale, Riverdale. Riverdale. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. <laughs> looks, Jesus Christ, it's a small stroke. But um, yeah, even even the wardrobe on that show looks like it's tons of money. Yeah, yeah, and just like crazy plot lines that require so much money to produce. Like, tone it down a bit. Consider that. Yeah, like every car has to be somewhere from the fifties, despite the fact it's com- supposed to be present day. Like, oh my gosh, exactly. No, we need more seasons of Supernatural, but um. <laughs> Yeah. Amp up the yeah, budget. That's the show that's lacking. But Sarni, okay. thank you so much again for coming on. You were great, yes, great thank guest. you. Thank All you, right. Sarni. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Anthony. Yeah, nice to meet you too, Sarni. Thanks again. All right. Bye. 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 I went to film school. Is recorded in Toronto, Canada, and produced by Zach Gladstone and Anthony Moss. Mm-hmm.